Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 33. We're joining you every week to talk IT career, news, and opinions based on our points of view. I'm your host, John White, at BJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Doing well, John. I want to make sure listeners know that we are both VMware solution engineers looking to bring them the career advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. We hope our career discussions will be relevant across disciplines and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, Nick. It's still springtime in the Bay and my eyes are itchy as all get out. Major investments to indoor air filters and eye drops on my end. How are you holding up? I'm doing okay. I feel like the anticipation for part two of the Tony Reeves episode has really been keeping me from having any kind of side effects due to pollen. But on a positive note, I will say that my back is better and I got to go work out this week for the first time in a long time. Hopefully my chiropractor does not listen to this podcast and I didn't do a bad thing. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's right. It is the second of the two-parter with Tony Reeves of the GigaCast. This week, we're focusing a bit more on his experience with user groups and advocacy groups for career acceleration. Yeah, man, this was a really good one. I especially like the part where Tony pointed hold on, out. Hold on, hold on. Don't don't give it away. Let's. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's let the uh, episode speak. We don't want to give away everything that we're going to do. Let's get straight back into our interview with Tony Reeves. Maybe we should uh, take the opportunity now to transition to that discussion of, of community and, and advocacy programs as well. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned getting involved in the VMware user group locally and, and speaking at um, you know local and regional uh, conferences there. Maybe we could walk through that process of like that very first time that you got involved with a user community and, and how you heard about it, you know, what that was like, and then, and maybe some direct effects that, that it had on your career. That's three questions, but um, maybe we can start at the beginning. Well, when I got first got involved in VMUG, I ended up going shortly after my buddy had told me about all the VMware features back in 2008. And I went to the one meeting and it was interesting, but at the time it was completely above my head and I didn't have any capability of going, excuse me, regularly anyway. So it's one of those things that kind of fell by the wayside for a few years. I ended up getting the new job where I was using VMware on a day-to-day -day basis and I was basically talking to my new boss about it and saying, hey, I want to go to these meetings. I started going only to the ones uh, that were close to me. Uh, the Wisconsin VMUG that I'm involved in, we rotate between three cities in the state. And the more that I went to the ones closer to me, the more I wanted to go to the ones farther away from me and, and follow the rotation. So they had such good community talks where folks like, you know, you or me would talk on personal things we're doing, you know, if, at the customer level, typically. And then there was really good content from VMware and other vendors that would come in. It was always really interesting. And I started just getting so involved in the community by just going to all the meetings. 
Uh, I'd, I'd follow the rotation and I got to be friends with the leadership. All great guys. And um, the networking aspect came through that. So meeting with all of the leadership team, uh, other vendors, other people that were going through similar uh, deployments or problems. Uh, once I started doing some of the talks, people would, would come up to me and ask me about vSAN because they were having a particular issue with vSAN, etc. So it was a lot of knowledge sharing as well. And it's just kind of been what I do since then. Um, the community has affected my career because without it, I wouldn't be at VMware. Um, it's, it's been a huge uh, network opportunity and, and so many mentorship things. Everything has come out of that. So you joined VMUG, you started attending, getting a lot of value out of it, mm -hmm. started doing talks, started giving back. Can you talk about what the transition to VMUG leader was like? What kind of responsibility that is for someone to take on and, and why you ended up doing that? Yeah, so the reason I ended up getting more involved is I had made friends with everybody, been around for years, and I thought I wanted to start giving back. I wanted to start helping. So I would, st I would stick around after meetings and ask if the guys needed help, you know, bringing all the equipment back out of their uh, venue, et cetera, to their cars and just kind of hanging out for VBers, et cetera. And the, the thing that changed is we had one of our guys um, ended up going to VMware, uh, Aaron Bolthouse. You, Nick, you said you, you know Aaron. and Yep, former colleague of mine. Cool dude. Yeah. So we became really good friends, and we ended up talking uh, for several months about, you know, hey, I'd like to get more involved. I told all of the guys, but I started to kind of, talk a little bit closer with Aaron about some of the things and he was kind of mentoring me and giving me advice on things and I ended up joining the steering committee as a first step. So a steering committee is you are a part of the leadership, you're not an actual VMUG leader, but you, you have a say, you go to the, the VMUG weekly meetings and you get to help show that you can do things and, and prove your your worth to the organization, etc. So I ended up being on the steering committee for, let's see, six months or so, and uh, ended up getting promoted to leader just last October, actually. And being... It sounds like, it's sorry to interrupt you, but it sounds like it, it's an opportunity to prove to the people on the steering committee and, and the existing leadership and to yourself that you actually have the time to do the job. Yeah. The, the time involved, it was, it, there wasn't a ton of time involved. It was basically showing you that you had the, the commitment to help. Um, you, you would make the meetings, as many of the meetings as you could. You weren't required to make all of them, but it was basically the weekly staff call and then planning for the next meeting, trying to line up sponsorships, trying to line up the venue, trying to line up the, the catering, etc. So I wouldn't say that there's a huge time commitment. It certainly takes a time commitment, but it's I don't know that it's as much as people think it is. 
you certainly have some back-end administration and then the actual day of the meeting, but it's, it's not terrible in terms of time commitment. Um, when you step up to leader, there's more responsibility that comes with that. There's some leader training that you go through with VMUG headquarters, et cetera. And uh, you get your, your leader shirt, which is pretty cool. But for me, it didn't change a lot because I, I really wanted to prove myself as a steering committee member and I wanted to be involved and come up with some ideas to help continue to move the community forward, grow our membership, et cetera. And um, I think the only additional step that I took as a leader that I didn't do as a steering committee is I, I ended up taking over the booking of the venue and the catering for uh, one of our meeting locations. So basically when Aaron went to VMware, I backfilled his slot. Got it. That makes sense. And um, it, it's interesting because the, the leadership, even just mentioned leadership training. Mm -hmm. um, so it sounds like you put time and effort into the thing, but then you actually got some some official like like development out of it as well. Yeah, and VMUG is trying to, to do that even more. There's actually some things that they're putting out for leaders now. Um, developmental like training courses and some other things they're trying to do for professional development that are actually through a third-party company that they're trying to help um, grow the skill set of their leaders that way too so they're investing there's there's some cool perks that come with it like you get licenses you get a vmug advantage uh, license out of it as well for your for your help in the organization but it's it's voluntary it does take some time um, but it's good to be able to give back to the community that that helped me grow so much and that's the way I look at it. You know, pay it forward, help the people that got you uh, to where you're at and help mentor the next generation and bring the next group of people in. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Now, if if memory serves, VMUG is a completely separate organization from VMware, right? That's correct. The way I understand the history, they originally were a part of VMware and then be they became an independent organization a long time ago in the past. Okay. And don't they... Don't they want people to be leaders who are not VMware employees? Isn't that the way it works? Seems like it is, but that is correct for most cases. Yeah, they they want. There's a certain ratio of customers, vendors, and then VMware employees on the leadership team. And if you are a VMUG leader and you get a job at VMware, you really need to step down to at the minimum a uh, steering committee role. Oh, okay. So you can still be involved on the steering committee moving forward. Correct. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. I've told the guys that I still want to be involved. I, I, again, I'm going to be very busy learning the new job, et cetera. Not sure how that's going to all play out, but I have expressed interest in staying on the steering committee uh, if they'll have me. And um, the other thing is even on the leaders, there's still that ratio of vendors to customers. So um, we've got folks that work for various different vendors that you got to have that balance. Yeah, that's a great point. Appreciate that. I just wanted to mention those things for people listening in case they didn't know what the VMUG organization was like. That's good. Good stuff. Yep. Makes sense, especially since it's supposed to be focused on people and users and not, you know, it, I mean, really, it's the difference between a user group and an advocacy group. Right. Right. It's a user group, and it's supposed to be focused on the needs of the users, not 
advocating for vendor positions. Exactly. So with that being said, you're actually a member of VMware's advocacy group as well, right? The vExpert program. Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement there and, and, and maybe a similar arc, the background on getting into it? Sure. So I had actually applied for it for the first time. I think it was the end of 2016. Yeah, because I got it for the first time in 2017. And I had been encouraged to apply by a, a mentor of mine. And at that point, I was, you know, already evangelizing VMware products on Twitter, following, you know, certain key individuals on Twitter and, and, and resharing their stuff. I was encouraged to start a blog by that mentor as well. I was encouraged to do my first VMUG talk as well by that individual. And a lot of the steps that really got me more prepared for uh, the role that I'm in now at VMware. So it, there were some real key decisions that I made through that mentor that really helped me in my career. And um, all of that started with the vExpert application. There were there's certain requirements and things that they want to document uh, to see what you're doing in the community to see whether they're going to uh, allow you into the program or not based on those, those efforts. Uh, and I was applied i think it was a several month process the wait seemed like it was forever the first time uh waiting to find out if i got in that happened in february of 2017 was the first v expert award i got um as i mentioned earlier there's some some neat perks in there with licensing and some specific opportunities uh, and and even even beyond the actual v expert advocacy program as well being so active in the community in so many different aspects I was also invited to do other things completely outside of the expert program, which were uh, blogger early access programs, uh, getting inside peeks to VMware products that were coming out and being able to you know, get a blog post all ready to publish when the embargo date was lifted. So a lot of the community advocacy efforts all paid off in many different aspects. Interesting. I don't think that I was aware of the early access program until I was inside the program. So I think a lot of people don't know about that, but you know, you start a blog, you start writing about your experiences. Mm -hmm. And then as a result of the VXR program, you also get early access to maybe even get more content on that blog. It's, it's, it's a very interesting cycle. Yeah. It's, it's definitely mutually beneficial because you are getting the benefit of being able to share a lot of the articles that are inside the advocacy portal. So you're helping spread VMware's message through that, but you're also getting more exposure and more publicity for helping build your personal brand, build your blog, uh, podcast, what have you, whatever kind of community advocacy you're doing, it helps both VMware and it helps you. And what kind of time commitment is required for someone who's part of the program? Do you do you have to do all these extra things that you mentioned, Tony, or are those just if you want once you get the title? Well, it, it takes effort to, to get in, but it also takes effort to stay in. Um, so there's a yearly application process, and you want to make sure that you're not sitting idle and you're not just because that's happened. There's been plenty of people that are, I've been in a, a V expert for years. I haven't done anything this year, but I'm going to apply again, and then they're expecting to get back in, and that's not really not what it's about. You need to make sure you put in that effort. Um, I, I guess, was maybe a little bit more than the average bear. I don't know. I I, I did an awful lot. It, it was 
it was a pretty big effort from my standpoint. You're talking about like a time commitment. You know, blogs take time. You need to you need to take the screenshots. You need to go through the solution. Technically, you need to go through the blog article from a, a grammatical standpoint. Um, so that takes time to put that stuff together. Uh, doing the podcast that takes time. You know, you guys know <laughs> you 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 book the guests. You you. Uh, come up with the questions, you schedule time and, and you go through it. And then there's publishing, there's back end. So uh, there, there's a lot involved in it. I mean, to some of the people that may not know, um, I don't know how, what other level people take uh, the V expert program, but I kind of looked at it as an extra full-time job. I, I was very involved in just about every specific aspect I could uh, knowing my career goals and, and building my public brand and, and getting my name out there. So um, I don't know that you need to go to that crazy level to get, to get in and stay in, but you know, that's up for Eric Nielsen and his, his team to decide what, uh, what level that has to be. But uh, I took it very seriously. It's a privilege. It's, it's something that, uh, you know, just like everything I've been involved in, if you had told me five, 10 years ago, I'd be doing this stuff. I wouldn't have believed you. Um, it just takes getting that effort there, uh, putting in the time and, and, and see things happen. Like, I don't know if either one of you track Twitter analytics, but, you know, seeing a lot of the hard work that I put in for years, just all of a sudden, just lately, especially with the, the VMware job announcement, just explode. Uh, it, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I totally, I won't say that I am anal about my analytics, but I do look at them and look at how many blog hits I got. Mm -hmm. And yeah, once, once you get to V expert level, your, your blog seems to get a lot more hits. And as you said, once you announce you're going to VMware, VMware, that, that seems to take it to the next level and being at these user groups, it, it all helps you. If you don't mind, can you just back up a second and tell us how you got into blogging? Because I know that's another way to create a body of work for a future employer and to help you get into one of these advocacy programs. Yeah, I touched on it briefly earlier, but a mentor had pushed me to to write a blog on some of my experiences and, and, and start that. So I kind of approached it as, you know, this is just stuff from my day jobs, you know, as a, a VMware enthusiast and, and some of the things that I've come across. And I approached it from kind of a, a dual point of view. Some of it was work content that I thought could help others. And some of it was just kind of geeky home lab stuff that I enjoy doing, uh, benchmarking and, and kind of changing my configuration. Um, in the home lab and, and trying to get peak performance basically on a budget. So I really approached it from a couple of different angles, but I really have enjoyed that. And it was one of those things, just like Twitter when I first started. And, and when I first started public speaking, it's, it's nerve wracking at first. And you're like, who's going to pay attention to this crap I'm going to do. Who's going to want to listen to this podcast I'm going to do. And, and you get better at it and you, you keep iterating on it and learning more and, and people get value out of it. I mean, my blog, I mean, I think I'm almost at 40,000 hits. I, I, I was ecstatic when I hit 10 hits. I'm like, you mean 10 people read my blog? And that may be small potatoes even at 40,000 compared to, you know, Duncan Upping's Yellow Bricks and William Lamb's Virtually Ghetto. But to me, that's huge. That's an accomplishment because I never thought anybody would read it when I started. 
and it's just part of building your craft and, and going forward. Right. Now, didn't you get recognized uh, in some kind of contest recently for your blogging? You want to share that? Sure. Yeah. Um, Eric Siebert runs uh, vSphereLand.com, and he does a um, top, top V blog, he calls it, I think. And uh, I've been watching that for a couple of years, and um, I ended up submitting myself for uh, top V blog or top new blog. Just thought off chance, I'm like, well, I might not get it, but I won't if I don't apply. So I filled out that nomination form, and I was watching the results. It took me a little bit longer uh, to release the results this year, but I was watching it, and all of a sudden, and I heard my name and my blog name. I'm like, what? <laughs> it, it was it was a pretty cool moment and uh, another accomplishment that I'm I'm proud of and very happy and feel blessed to have happened. Nice. Congratulations on that. Thanks, man. And how often do you release? Do you have a weekly cadence, monthly cadence, or just whenever you have time? Typically, it's whenever I have time. I tried to, in the, in the beginning, I tried to do one a month. was about the most I could commit to with the podcast and everything else I'm involved in. But, uh, you know, there's been some, <laughs> there's some, been some dry spells in there. Um, it happens in every season in life, right? But I, I try to do one a month has, has been my pace. Uh, some of those folks out there that like William that do sometimes multiple ones a week, um, they're machines and I applaud their efforts, uh, but I, I can't keep up that pace. Yeah. I can't get there either. I think one a month is about all I can do. Yeah. Sometimes not even that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm on an annual uh, cadence right now. <laughs> nice. My, my last blog post was here's what you should pack when you go to VMworld. And then I have three that I that have in draft status, but I think my next one might be. And as a follow up, here's what I really think you should take to VM World. You know, this year when you come to San Francisco, something like that. Yeah, that's the question. How many how many do we have that are in uh, draft status that never make it? <laughs> <laughs> there should be a metric for that. Yeah, I probably have a good twenty in there right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd be embarrassed to, to tell you how many I have. It's probably... Oh, come on, get it out. It'll help you feel better. <laughs> uh, uh, it's probably 20 a year. <laughs> you just need to publish more, John. Let's just hit that publish button. You'll get your corrections in real quick. Yeah. Sorry, it like cuts off halfway through the sentence, but I publish anyway. Yeah. I'll just revise it later. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I know that we started talking about GigaCast and, and maybe we can uh, talk about that here again as we kind of wrap up the the effect that that's had. It, you've made reference to it, but um, I would imagine that that had to kind of magnify your community involvement and your career development as well. Yeah. The, the thing, as I mentioned earlier, we started out it was just Britton and I talking back and forth about various different VMware product lines. And then we kind of went through like a backup solution series and we were really product focused, but just talking about it from our perspective. And it really helped once we kind of shifted the format of the show a little bit to uh, a guest format and having an expert on there from uh, that specific vendor. So we've had some really cool people on there 
Um, we had Ben DeQual on from Microsoft. We've had Jace McCarty on a couple of times. Um, actually, we've got an upcoming episode we're going to record a week from now with uh, Chris Williams at Mistwire on Twitter. He's going to be talking AWS with us. There's a lot of neat topics and things that I never would have gotten exposed to outside of my VMware sphere. Uh, no pun intended there. And uh, it's been really interesting talking to some of the guys and some of the things that they have to tell us have kind of blown our minds. Yeah, the the opportunities there for, for getting, when you get started in something like that, you know, you, you just get plugged into a whole nother network. And I'm sure that you, you've been able to leverage that, um, that VMUG and VExpert network as well to, uh, to talk to people. Yeah. And it doesn't happen often, but every once in a while, Britt and I get recognized by somebody when we're at VMworld and different events and like, Hey, I love the show. And it, it's really cool to hear that feedback. And especially, you know, going back a couple of years when we first started and it's just like, is anybody going to listen to this? Is anybody listening to this? <laughs> is anybody going to get any value out of this? So it's pretty cool to hear that feedback from the community that folks like it and they're getting good information out of it. Now, does that mean if I run into you at VMworld this year, Tony, I'll get a GigaCast sticker if I ask nicely? Yes, we actually, um, I'll have to talk to Britton about that to get another order in, but I handed a bunch of them out at our um, our last, what was it, our last VMUG? Or... No, it was the Leader Summit in Palo Alto. Um, we had some stickers made up and I got those out to people when I was out in uh, at the Leader Summit in February, so... If I have some, I will certainly give them out, yeah. Maybe we can make a trade, a Nerd Journey sticker for a Gigacast sticker. Sure. We just need to make stickers, John. That's an oh. action item. Okay, I'll uh, I'll find that somebody to delegate that to. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a really good idea. I, I love the stickers, and I actually, I love the sticker culture in the, the VMware and the kind of like the IT you know, crowd to like, accessorize uh, bags and jackets, you know, with pins or stickers or laptops. There's a lot of laptop accessorization. Very cool, um, very cool aspect. And I think every, the past few years when I've gone to VMworld, the uh, the community area, there's just this like kind of sticker exchange area mm -hmm. where there's just piles of stickers on tables and in every sticker that you're looking for, you can find there. Yeah, there's some pretty cool ones actually. Uh Buffalo VMUG had some really neat ones. Richard Kenyon sent me some that have their Buffalo head logo. And he said they're actually the Pantone colors for Super Nintendo way back in the day. The artist uses the original colors from Nintendo. And they, they're in 8-bit. The sticker's 8-bit. So it looks really sweet. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. Now, I want to I want to say one more thing here, Tony, before we get close to closing out, sure. you know, we always plug the John White School of Mentoring here on Nerd Journey if, if people are looking to take that next step. And you mentioned a lot about mentoring and how others have mentored you. Uh, can people out there contact you if, if they want you to be their mentor and want to talk more about how uh, they can learn from what you've accomplished and what you where you've been? Yeah, absolutely. At Import Car Guy on Twitter. Yeah, I, I'm always up for trying to help people, like I said earlier, bring up that next generation of folks and and get people more involved in the community because we need to keep that well growing, right? And we don't want that well to run dry. And um, there's a lot of good content out there that people don't even know because they haven't created it yet. 
and you just got to pull it out of them and get them to step out of their comfort zone. So that's pretty huge. Uh, that's one thing that I struggled with and I know a lot of people struggle with is just thinking outside the box of what you're doing day to day and, and where it can lead you and, and getting out of that comfort zone. Because like I said, several years ago, I never would have imagined I'd be at where I'm at today. So it's been a huge blessing. Pricing and packaging to come, ladies and gentlemen. Just remember that. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, Twitter post out there when we were at the Leader Summit. Um, we were in that Discovery Center with Mr. John White in the School of Mentoring. And Joe Hughes, That's Joe right. Hughes is in that. Al Rashid's in that picture, and uh, Tony Gonzalez is in it. That's right. Yeah. Eventually, somebody's going to pay us for your time, John. Well, they're going to pay me. <laughs> hey, I I do have to take a moment and thank you for that conversation we had back at the the VMworld 2016 in Vegas. I had just met John through Twitter and he was it was when I first came across him starting to do the regular job postings at VMware. I'm like, I reached out and I'm like, "Hey, I'm looking to get on at VMware." And we just kind of talked and we ended up having a a brief moment to meet up uh, for lunch, I think, one of, one of the days in the cafeteria area. And we talked careers, and he's like, what do you want to do? What's your skill set? And it was just one of those conversations uh, that uh, I didn't have a clue what, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to end up. I just knew I wanted to, to work at VMware, and uh, John was really accommodating and, and took the time to talk to me. So I appreciate that, man. Hey, I... I have to say that like everywhere that I've gotten and everything that I've done, I've had so many people like give me a hand up, mm -hmm. right. You know, like pulling me up after them or, you know, boosting me up from behind. Right. So um, I think that Nick and I have, have both said that anything that we can do for the community. And, and I certainly appreciate, you know, that, you know, if, if I helped you at all like that, I think that reflects, you know, um, well on you. Um, you know, I, I just really love to, to, to give back. It's, it is kind of a, a rush when you can, however briefly, like, you know, steer somebody and, and give them some advice. It's, um, you, I, I always say like, I can't really pay back the people that helped me, but, you know, hopefully I can pay it forward a little bit by, by helping other people. So, uh, now it's your turn, right? Now you have to, to turn around and start doing that. <laughs> yep. And, and I've been doing it even before I got at VMware, you know, it's, it's one of those of things that's been really important to me because like you said, so many other people help you out and are so willing to go way out of their way and, and make you feel welcome in the community and, and answer questions, et cetera. So it's something I've tried to, to make sure that I, I live by as well. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Tony. Appreciate you guys having me today. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Great conversations. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Oh, man, Nick, it was really exciting to chat with Tony Reeves. I'd really encourage our listeners to check out GigaCast. That's the podcast he co-hosts with uh, Britton Johnson. And I think that was everything that we had planned. Anything else pop into your mind while we were listening? I'd say we definitely want to do a follow-up conversation just on the idea of advocacy programs. You know, that played a really big role in Tony's career. And I think digging into that a bit more in a future podcast might help some other folks because there are a lot of them out there. And I think that'd be good. Put that on the future topic list. Definitely makes it onto the future topic list. 
And of course, if you're out there and you need an advocate or a mentor, there's no better place to get one than the John White School of Mentoring. So send that tweet and DM out to at Nerd Journey for pricing and packaging today. And I'm sure that if you wanted some of Tony Reeves' time, he would gladly give you some at Import Car Guy. But a reminder, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. That's right. Hey, uh, don't give uh, Nick any money. He's, uh, I haven't seen a single dime. So um, if, he, if, he, if he sends you an invoice, uh, just don't pay it, all right? <laughs> oh, that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> anyway, farewell listeners. Uh, tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at V Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore. And again, our guest, Tony Rees at Import Car Guy. Signing off. Adios. Adios.